0: It's hard to feel free when the world is crashing down around us and we're shut up in our homes, practicing social distancing. But you don't have to feel trapped. You can write your way to freedom. Welcome to the Right Away Podcast.
1: Hello, friends. This is episode number 82 of the Right Away Podcast, and it is February 9th as we are recording. I'm JP with my co-host... Chris Kane. Hello, Chris. And we have a book club today. We are talking about "Everything Is Figure Outable" by Marie Forleo. 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 It's Italian. Oh, I was right. Forleo, uh, by Marie Forleo, uh, and with us we have Lon barnador,
2: Janet
0: kiddo.
1: Excellent, Chris. Do you want to give us a synopsis of this?
0: Yeah, so this book is, I would say, a mindset book over anything. Marie particularly talks to entrepreneurs, people who are wanting to get out of the rat race. And honestly, the title of it is the most important information that she provides. And everything in the book is emphasizing this fact that we all have a million options, everything is figure outable, and we need to have a mindset shift to realize what choices we're making and i really jived with that personally because that's something i harp on a lot
1: definitely agree do we want to do a round of hot takes yeah lon start with sir lon wow
3: first time back in a while and oh hey i get to go first as i've as i mentioned in the chat yeah it's it's a little outlandish a little woo type of, of feeling but they there are good ideas just it's, uh, it's a little too woo-woo for me.
2: Janet? I definitely agree. Well, she says early on in the book, everything is figure outable will change your life. So it's like I read this book thinking, well, did it change my life? Because we already know all the information in there. A lot of people will pick it up or n- not pick it up, I should say, because they'll think there's nothing that I don't already know. And so... It was the knowledge into action, like all the challenges that are in the book. I really got a lot out of asking myself those questions and not asking them in my head, mm-hmm. but forcing myself to go beyond, to write it down, to see the truth, not the lies that you know your your can tell you. So I really love this book for doing those challenges. And I'm glad I didn't just say, well. I think I know it all. I don't think I can learn anything from this.
0: Yeah, it was when, um, when JP... Uh, brought this book up. I went, ugh, Marie Forleo. And he's like, why is she problematic? And I was like, no, she's there's just, and I think part of it's the woo-woo. A lot of it is she has a really high energy level that exhausts me, very like female Tony Robbins-esque. And that generally turns me off because I can rarely bring that much energy to any given moment. And those kind of people um, in their teachings, try to reach out and pull that kind of energy from other people. And it works for a lot of people. It is just not a tactic that tends to work for me. So reading this in book form was far more digestible for me than most of her teaching, which tends to be in video and podcasting format.
1: And I listened to this in audiobook, and I want to go back to the questions at the end of it, because I feel like there's some value there super nervous because at first I was really excited about this book and then it started and I was like, oh no, what am I listening to? Um and like there are these like nothing in your life is that complicated. You can do whatever you set your mind to. And always worried about quotes like that. Feel like they neglect certain aspects about life and society. And then she would almost follow that up with I understand that there's C factors. I'm not going to say that she on the head and acknowledging that some things are not figure outable, but I think that she is at least aware, which is significantly better than all of the like motivational books that I've listened to.
0: I will say that one of the things that I disagree most with kind of more on her kind of like uh, well I'm going to back up a little bit in the very beginning one of the things she talks about is that your beliefs direct your life whether they are conscious or unconscious beliefs they direct your life and i believe that 100% like things that you know we've uh, learned in childhood if we don't examine them affect our adulthood rightly or wrongly or helpfully or unhelpfully and i'll come back to that when we cuz i want to talk about the craft of writing in regards to some of what she talked about there but one of the things that i disagreed with her the most is that she seems to have this underlying belief that I don't think she's examined necessarily that everyone wants uh like everyone who is listening to her at least should aspire to get the most productivity out of their day she goes through a really useful tactic of just being aware of like where your time is going but she never says, Hey, maybe it's a good thing that you're spending time on social media or watching TV, or, you know, she kind of just pushes those all aside as like not worth it. Cause you're not producing. And that is not a necessarily helpful viewpoint from where I sit. Everyone needs some downtime and it can be things that are quote unquote mind rotting in some people's minds. And that can be very healthy.
3: Yeah. That was one thing that I, I was like, well, you're allowed to take a break. You don't have to be on the go 24 seven. And that's one of the, the things that was, that kind of came across Is like, oh, you need to constantly produce. You have to do this and this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh,
3: cool. Calm down, relax, take a breath. You
2: know. I think I ignored that when she said <laughs> that. I think I seriously, I think I was always asking myself the question of, do I think right now valuable making an excuse? What do I need? So I don't think I took it as what she was telling me in the book. It was more I put myself in that place of telling myself what I needed to hear or asking myself what I needed to ask to see like, what was really happening so that I could see like my life I'm 100% responsible for.
0: Yeah. And I think that the reason that that came like that, the, the concern came up for me is because I have gone through periods where I've tried to push productivity into every second of my life. And I have done the whole like examine, like where my time is spent and pulled productivity into so much of my life that I didn't have any relaxation. So that's why that's more of a concern for me is that my problem in the past has been that I don't relax enough and it hasn't been will push me to work harder. I think a lot of people, for people who are not by nature or training, whichever it happens to be workaholics, then what she has to say about being super aware of where your time's going. If you haven't been a workaholic, who's tried to eat productivity out of every second of your life at some point, then what she's teaching is super helpful. I just tend to go to extremes. And so I have gone to that extreme of productivityizing. I don't even know what word I'm actually trying to say there every corner. And that's why that pops up for me.
1: I think too, I don't mean to harp on the book. I liked the book a lot, but there were just some passages that I got nervous about because I was like, old JP would look at this and would probably throw this book away. And one was like, if it's important enough, I'll make the time. If not, I'll make an excuse. And Old JP is shouting from the top of the roofs because like back in the day when I thought that I didn't have the time to write, it was because I was on this belief that I was up on this corporate ladder. And it wasn't until I had to verbally say, I don't want to write because of some exercise we were performing that I was like, ooh, that's wrong. It wasn't that I like it wasn't important. It was just that it wasn't like something that I was aware of. And it wasn't like I hit that like pinch point. That I was like, oh no, this is something I need to make time for. So I just, I worry about like some of the things where it's people who want to do things and they're still making these quote unquote excuses. And it's just that they haven't hit that moment of realization yet. And I don't know, like that part, just, I don't know if I agree.
0: Yeah. I thought about a lot about you and that particular exercise that you did. Cause you've talked about that a few times when I read that part. And I, I, what I really like is how she brings just being conscious of the choices you're making. And I am with you. I don't necessarily agree of like her two dichotomies of it's not, I don't actually want to, and I'm making excuses because there's a lot of things that I really want to do that just don't take priority with things that I need to do and other things that I want to do. And one of the language changes that I've attempted to make over the last few years is I have chosen to prioritize other things when there's something I want to do. And I'm like, well, I really want to do that but I have chosen to prioritize other things. And that I feel like is a far more true statement. And at some point that I've chosen to prioritize other things will become uncomfortable when it has gone on too long and I need to move it up in the priorities.
2: I really resonated with the section about fear. What she said made me think a different way about fear. And she talks about it like it's a a female presence and that didn't help me <laughs> but it did help me she talks about thinking about the gift that fear gives you and so like I had to really do a lot of work in that chapter and just the the feeling just thinking about fear as a feeling mm-hmm. and and being and as soon as you start asking questions and you're able to look at the feeling it's amazing how that takes you out of the feeling and even the idea that um, I could be labeling a lot of things fear because I because I'm just familiar with it. But what if it's like something else? Like it's anxiety or it's just nervousness, it's just energy. And so I love that. I love being able to think of my fear as something else. Like she called, you know, says call well, it something silly. And Like Jimmy Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, I'm really into quail. And um, like I have a lot of quail stuffed, Mm -hmm. And like, they're just so stupid, right? Like they, you can't look at a quail and not laugh. They're very comedic. They can't fly. They get scared and they try and fly, can't do nothing. And so that was a really helpful chapter for me is every time I feel fear, just think about the quail and how their little plume, you know, like there's just everything ridiculous about it. And yeah, and and I love being able to turn that energy, just being able to transform that energy into something else.
0: Yeah. To give a little context for anyone who hasn't read the book, when she's talking about fear, she says, think about what happens actually in your body with fear, your heart races, maybe your, your hands get sweaty, your body might tighten up. Like when else do those responses happen they might happen when you're anxious they might happen when you're excited they might happen when you're happy like so happy like the end and excited like that you just can't handle things and she talks about the stigma that quote-unquote negative emotions like unpleasant emotions have been given in our society that we try and run from them when they're just emotions they are information carriers and we can choose to do with them what we want we're not limited to a single kind of response response. Yeah. Now I, I think that so, especially in the first part where she was talking about the beliefs that direct your life. One, I went to Christian school at university during the time when worldview was like the big topic. So like, this is, this is old hat to me. And if you're not familiar with that term, worldview is literally the set of basic beliefs that, that filter Everything else that happens in the world, like you're gonna, you're going to process what you, what you think about the world through your worldview, and that's basically what she's talking about. Your set of beliefs that you're going to filter the rest of the world, what happens to you, how you move through, it's going to be filtered through your beliefs, um, and it's going to affect how you interact with everything that happens with you. And for me, like this is where I wanted to get in the craft part as I was listening to this because this is more of a familiar topic for me. I was thinking about how this applies to character, and for me, like this, a lot of this just tied into how I approach character with the lie that my character believes. That belief fuels so much of how they interact with the world. And as she's talking about switching over to this, everything is figure outable, which is a theme slash amateur if I've ever heard one. It, I think, if if authors could understand like how that set of beliefs, or a set of beliefs, or even one belief filters, everything else in their characters' lives, you would get a, this is a really good way to get a really well-rounded and focused character arc.
1: And I think too, just taking the whole premise of this book and really honing in on the craft of writing and whenever you get stuck, whenever you have, like having this mindset during those pieces is like the most important for me. And that's kind of what I like to say when we start reaching out into like business, I'd say like 95% of things are figure outable. Obviously, if one of your things is, I want to become best friends with Stephen King, you might get arrested. But there are obviously some limits to figuring out certain things. But I think that especially when you start focusing in on like your craft and knowing that like, when I get stuck, my options are give up or figure it out. And I think this is why I like that, the phrase itself. And that's why I enjoyed parts of this book. I would say
2: yeah if you had to write it out and reflect on this is my problem like I, I i'm this craft thing i think you would most likely get to the point where you'd say duh i've got to ask somebody for help here i am in this community i'm going to ask somebody
3: exactly
1: community yeah
3: and also just the idea of just writing something down and getting it out obviously is thing that helps tremendously. I've done that before even way before actually reading this is like, yeah, I, I do that almost too much, but I write down just goals and, and the like and, and to put it in, in the perspective of the craft of writing, just the idea of, at least for on my side for being like the pantser that I am, writing down the wrong way. something just because let's go okay cool that didn't work now we can go this way so it can even work for something like that
0: (laughs) i would say that this book is super good for anyone who feels stuck particularly in business like in the business of writing but also in in the writing of your story because sometimes if the things that hold us back in the writing of our stories are fears that are related to the business. What happens if I publish this and people don't like it or they criticize it? Or what if no one reads it? I think that a lot of the things she talks about with finding solutions, knowing yourself and addressing your fears, beliefs, limitations can be super helpful. If you find yourself stuck.
1: I even enjoyed the letters that she got from people who who claimed, you know, everything is figureoutable. Certain things, of course, I had some opinions about, but I think overall, like, it's an interesting way of seeing, like, how that thought process functioned and how they figured out a means to their problem. Um, I was talking with someone, and the first example involving a mother who has cancer, and and it's, what are we figuring out here? That was uh, a bit of a turnoff, but I think that the other ones are um, at least, like, obviously the thing wasn't that they figured out the cancer. It was figuring out how to cope with it and how to get by with the, the remaining months. And I think the rest of the books, the rest of the examples too, if you're turned off by that first one, I think that the others are less bad.
2: And the sciency part in there, the RAS, which like doesn't refer to Princess Bride and rodents of abnormal size. It's <laughs> recruiting, recruiting your RASs. Your reticular activating system. And so, like, even if you want to, even, even if a lot of it sounds too woo-woo, too, too puffy, too whatever. Um, it, it's I love, I like even that part in there. And what your RAS is, is millions of neurons constantly monitoring your environment. And they're collecting all this information, but there's an filter to it. So a lot of stuff just gets filtered right out. And so system protects you because it's decided what isn't deemed important. And so there was a lot covered about what's in your control and what's in your control. That was a really good reminder for me that like what people say, what other people do, whatever opinions they have, I don't have any more control over that than I do the weather.
1: That's a great approach. I like it.
2: Any
0: other thoughts?
2: What about the start before you're ready when it comes to writing? Because I think that's a a very, a subject that's talked about all the time. And
0: I'm mixed on that. Like it works for me, but one of the things I would say I mostly agree with that. I think all of us have to start before we're actually ready. Some people need to be forced to start before they feel 100% ready. And in this, I would lean more towards like Becca Symes teaching with the Clifton strengths. So, certain people will need a higher level of certainty before they can act. And do well, and that would be like high intellection, but they will always need to act before they feel ready, because an election wants to be 100% sure and you can't be 100% sure, but they will need to feel more ready than someone who is much higher in the activator strength, for instance, the activator fine starting with 0% readiness. Like they learn, they know they learn through just starting trying something and then redoing it. So this is one of those spectrum things. We all do have to act before we're actually ready because that's how we learn how to be ready, but it's okay. If you have to have a higher level of certainty than someone else does, just don't let it stop you.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Regardless of where you are on that scale, it's like that level of discomfort. That's where you want to, that's where, you know, that's the right spot. to
0: hit. Yeah. I like, I did like what she said about whenever something scares her or makes her feel discomfort, she knows to run at that thing. And I've said that for a while too. It was like, if something scares me, I know that's the thing I'm supposed to to do. I know that's the thing I want to do and I'm scared of messing it up. And so that's the thing I run at.
2: Yeah. And the amount of work you have to do to close that gap between your, um, your ability and what you want to accomplish.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it immediately makes me think of like art because that's easier to, to explain, but like if you worked on a piece of art until you felt 100% good about it, it would almost never be done. And it's the same with writing as well. Like uh, today I finished the manuscript, I'm ready to send it off to Diagnostic Edits. But yes, I could have more scenes. I could have fleshed out one piece here and there, but it's ready. Like I could fluff it up. I could keep doing that for months or I can send it off. And at this point, it's ready to go off.
2: Yeah, because when it comes back, everything is outable.
0: <laughs> exactly. This is part of the figure outable process for the writing. Yeah, all in all, love the premise. Marie's presentation sometimes still throws me, but I agree with most of the end result of what she has to say, if not necessarily the path she takes to get there.
1: <laughs> Agreed. I, find, I, I think the things at the end of the chapters are, are a good resource for some. Yeah, for sure.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for another book club. We have not made a decision on next month's and for a while. We're probably not going to do voting just because we're figuring out systems. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying it chaos is last year we're stabilizing. And part of stabilizing is limiting factors. And so that's going to be just us deciding what it is that we want to read, given the length of books, the topic of books, just a lot of, of factors in the moment. But if you would like to join us for one of these live recordings, you can check out our Patreon at, uh, well, I say at, but I never remember what the actual link is. It will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Have a lovely evening. See you later.
1: great bye talk to you later bye
3: (laughs) come back here and control your podcast
2: (laughs) get in control of yourself